welcome. You're listening to Channel 6, a Toronto hockey podcast. Hello, listeners, to the first episode of of our new TLN podcast. Uh, With the very original Channel 6 name. Yes, we really seem to be hitting that 6 theme pretty hard on the site. So, if you want to introduce yourself first. Sure. Welcome. I'm Mare or Meredith, Mare Out Loud on Twitter. Um, You can also find me at TLN Talking Leafs and Toronto Six and all fun hockey things. And I'm John Steitzer, the managing editor of theleafsnation.com. You can find me occasionally on Twitter when my account's not suspended, but you can mainly uh, find my tweets at TLNDC. How many how many accounts are we on now, John? Uh, I was just I was just doing the count on that uh, last night, and I think it's six accounts total that I've gone through. Uh, one for one, one or two one for one legitimate one. reasons. Yeah. <laughs> and this one's what's this one? Stites or John, right? Yeah, this one's Stites or John. So uh, unfortunately, John Stites was lost to me not being able to. Uh, two-part verify my account so and that, one that one's the, out in the ether you, uh, that was the one where you ate a pickle and peanut butter sandwich to get followers yeah that was uh still back in my hey i like to have a bit more internet clout stage but now i'm embracing my minimal followership so uh if you're interested in following by all means you're welcome but uh you are aren't missing out on a whole lot as I talk about what's for dinner or what my kids are up to that day. Well, that, that hits the spot for me. So I'm glad I follow. All right. So because we're a Toronto hockey podcast, maybe we should talk a little bit about how we got here and what we're doing. That sounds like a good idea. Uh, I mean, my background is of the traditional nature of growing up as a Jets fan, uh, Jets 1.0. It, as I'm sure most Leafs fans uh, uh, got into hockey by following another team. Uh, But I was born and raised in Winnipeg and moved to Toronto when I was, I believe, 10, or just before I turned 10. And I became a Leafs fan by uh, attending my first game at Maple Leaf Gardens. And uh, my mom's company had seats, and those seats happened to be behind the Leafs bench and uh, in the old garden days there the way that you'd get to your seats would be by walking along the Leafs bench to get there and uh, thanks to my uh, chronically late father he uh, we arrived to the game late and I got to walk along the Leafs bench with uh, Wendell Clark there and uh, I don't know who else would have been on the Leafs at that point, because that's pre-Gilmore trade days. And yeah, that kind of hooked me in, where it's uh, kind of that connection to the team made me a Leafs fan for life. And uh, things only got better until they got uh, significantly worse. And it's nice that we're now kind of being pulled out of that 15 years of unwatchable Leafs hockey. So. How about you? 
So I, I did not become a Leafs fan through another team. I, my origin story, as my friend Ian calls it, is, is unknown to me. I, I just have always watched and liked hockey. I will say we have in common that my dad is born and raised in Winnipeg and was a Jets 1.0 fan. So I imagine at some point when I, you know, before my memory, we were watching those games around the house. But um, being a Toronto kid, I was born and raised in Toronto. You know, everyone at school was was into the Leafs and hockey was on on Saturday nights in my house. And I was just I've just been a Leafs fan forever. I it often will talk to fans on Twitter or wherever who have been fans for a few years or got into it recently. And I don't remember I'm going to be 35 in a couple months and I don't remember a time that I wasn't a Leafs fan. There have been times, obviously, over the past three and a half decades where they have not been as fun to watch. And in adulthood, after leaving Toronto and moving to New York, where I live now, I've become more into them because it's like a great way to feel connected to home for me. But it's just always been part of of who I am and my fandom. We were big Toronto sports fans in general. We had Blue Jays season tickets and we were at Leafs games a lot. And um, that's just sort of how I got here. And then... Like I said, being away from home and getting involved in hockey Twitter and talking to people online and uh, getting to know you and starting to write for TLN has really made it um, a much bigger part of my life over the past few years. And I, I enjoy that a lot. Yeah, no, I completely agree about the moving away from the Leafs, almost making that Leafs bond stronger. Um, when I lived in the New York area as well, uh, we'd go to a lot of uh, Whalers games, which uh, certainly dates. Uh, how old I am, and um, yeah, we go to Whalers games, uh, a lot of Devils games, uh, not so much Rangers games because they were the expensive tickets, uh, and the occasional Islanders games, and uh, that was that was always an event for us, like for me and my dad, where it's, he'd have to kind of roll his eyes, where uh, I'd be putting on my Leafs jersey, and he'd be getting yelled at by uh, all the very kind and warm uh, New York area sports fans. And (laughs) you'd have to deal with me standing there belting out the Canadian anthem and uh, trying to be. That's my husband with me now. I mean, obviously right now we don't (laughs) go anywhere, but for a while we were going anytime the Leafs were um, playing the Islanders here on Long Island, we would go to the games and I would be, you know, that was me, fully decked, belting out the anthem, down at the glass during warm-ups. And, uh, but we got lucky because I'm like a 5'1", small woman. Nobody really wanted to get into it with me. They, they afforded me, they afford me that respect. Yeah, I think if I wasn't a chunky little kid with glasses, uh, I, I probably would have had a rougher time with it too. Uh, the only one that my parents kind of put their foot down on with me was if we were going to Yankee Stadium and in the bleachers to watch uh, the Blue Jays, they'd just be like, you know, cool it with the not cheering for the Yankees stuff because it's <laughs> they will still make you cry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So actually, it's not a it's not a great story, but it turns out well in the end. We took my son, who's now seven and a half, to his first ever hockey game here on Long Island. Um, and it was a terrible game for the Leafs and the Islanders crushed them. And Michael Hutchinson was a net. It was bad. Um, and he cried. He was really not comfortable or happy. So a couple months later, when we were home visiting Toronto, my dad 
went bells and whistles, all the stops and got me and my son tickets for a game um, at SBA. And we were in like the third row right by the um, where Freddie was in net twice. And it ended up being it was right before COVID. It ended up being the game where the Leafs shut out the Penguins for nothing. And that was just such a better experience for him that we kind of like erased that first Coliseum memory with the SBA memory. Yeah, uh, for me it was always just if they won, no matter what else, what else whatever else happened, uh, it wound up being a good night. But uh, I think I had a bad habit of going to uh, Islanders games where the Islanders won, and that kind of ended it for us doing trips out to Long Island from Connecticut. <laughs> yeah, I can I can imagine. So that that's like how we got into hockey. And then we've been with you've been with TLN longer than I have, but we've been doing some really fun stuff with TLN over the past few months. We started the the page six column, which sort of does a roundup of gossip around the league. We've been covering the Toronto six and women's hockey. So how did you come up with the idea for a podcast, John? Well, I think uh, we've got some uh, good podcasters uh, already going on our uh on our site or they bring their podcasts in from uh, other areas and uh, and we share it but we never really had kind of a flagship uh podcast on the site uh for as long as i can uh, remember i think uh, uh, leaf geeks was again kind of primarily uh based off of uh, tln for a while when uh, ian tolick was on the site but uh again that's kind of more his thing uh, rather than the site's thing. So um, my goal for uh, this new podcast and what I think we'll set it a bit apart is um, we are going to be a bit more uh, TLN-centric on it uh, where I think we'll take the opportunity to bring in some of our uh, writers uh, to kind of talk about uh, what they've uh, uh, featured uh, recently on the site as well as we'll uh, bring in uh, some panels and kind of uh, explore our roundtable uh, topics uh, audio, on audio rather than uh, uh, typing them up. So I think that um, uh, it'll be a lot more of a of a site focus, um, and again, kind of tackling all those uh, all those uh, areas that uh, we love to tackle, uh, including uh, uh, beyond the Leafs and getting uh, Toronto Six women's hockey. Um, I think um, we'll have a lot more OHL conversation as well as we get uh, into draft season and they start playing again as well and just really uh, kind of capture all things Toronto hockey on the podcast Yeah, within, think, within an hour. <laughs> I, think it'll be, yeah, with that, that, I think it'll be great. I'm, I'm kind of envisioning it like the TLN Slack come to life when we have other writers on. We have such great conversations and they're in-depth and it's hard in a written round table to really um, have that back and forth dialogue that we, we get to have when we're chatting with each other. So that'll be really fun. And we can also, um, you know, this is brand new and we're open to ideas and thoughts, but, but maybe an episode here and there can be for our mailbag questions and we can turn that into like a mailbag round table. And we're just really excited to have as many of the TLN crew on as want to be on to talk about their own work and their own interests within the hockey space and also to do some collaborative work. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think that's a big part is uh, getting a chance to introduce a lot of the uh, 
interesting uh, people that we do have on the site and getting people in to uh, share their stories of how they got into the Leafs and how they started liking uh, hockey because uh, maybe it's just me, but that kind of stuff fascinates me. It's uh, I like hearing how people uh, came to love and appreciate the game because there's more than enough that we talk about on a daily basis about how uh, hockey culture is frustrating and how it's uh, um, tough to be a fan of the NHL sometimes. But um, at the end of the day, it's there's usually a story about how as kids, this was something that we bonded with our parents over and or something that was an escape for us to go and play or watch or do whatever. And uh, I think that uh, that aspect of uh, hockey will always be uh, an important one to capture for me. Absolutely. And we just have so many smart voices um, with great hockey insight and issue insight on the TLM staff that... Um, we absolutely need to take the opportunity to feature them uh, in audio format so that people can can really hear from them and get to know them a little better beyond just the words on the page. We're, we're going to bring TLN to life. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's what to expect. And we are aiming to do the podcast twice a month, right? That's our goal? Yep, that's our rather aggressive, ambitious goal of uh, you'll hear our voices twice a month. Uh, and it usually won't just be me and John talking at each other. Like John said, we're going to have other people on, definitely TLN staff, hopefully some other guests from time to time. Yep, it's all the regular podcast stuff that you've known and loved in other areas. Uh, we'll be looking to bring it to you here as well. Awesome. So, and what else do we, is there anything else about the pod specifically that we need people to know or want them to know? We will hopefully be up on all the usual podcasting sites where you listen to your podcast. Yeah, I think that that's, uh, that's a big thing is, yeah, it's, you'll be able to find this uh, places other than uh, just at uh, theleafsnation.com. Uh, it will be made convenient for you to listen. And um, while we're, on the topic of discussing all this stuff, um, I do want to also uh, give a special thanks to Nick Barden for his creation of the logo for the podcast uh, that I'm sure people saw as they clicked on this link. So um, I cannot uh, tout uh, his special talents with graphics enough. And uh, we've got so many talented people on TLN, I'm looking forward to uh, letting them all kind of talk about their passions as well on this podcast. Absolutely. And our, our Channel 6 logo is really fun. We had a lot of fun drawing it up um, collaboratively as a team. And again, yeah, Nick Barton is just so supremely talented that we're lucky to have him um, doing stuff like that for us. And if you're interested, you should check him out too. So with that said, we might as well dive in for a few minutes here and talk a little bit about Toronto hockey. So let's start, let's start with the Toronto Six, John. Let's, let's talk about that a little. So unfortunately, their first season was cut short due to COVID issues, but they did get to play a few games in the Lake Placid bubble. Did you watch the games? I got a chance to um, pop in and out. Um, one of the unfortunate realities for me, even with uh, uh, covering the Leafs, is that uh, with the Eastern time zone, it 
points to most games being on uh, during the high volume parenting hours for me. So I catch it where I can. And I was fortunate enough to catch a bit of uh, Toronto 6 because my daughter is uh, always excited for uh, seeing women's hockey as well. And I mean, it's. I don't want to drop all the regular platitudes of how fast the game is and how intense it is. And like, oh, look, it's just like uh, like watching the men's game uh, because I don't think that that uh, that does it justice as well uh, because uh, hopefully people know that already. But I, I think that what really um, kind of shocked me from watching uh, the six was uh, it seemed like a team that had been playing together for a lot longer than they had, and uh, they came together very quickly, and uh, it didn't... Very few hiccups for a team that uh, doesn't have the luxury of a long training camp or uh, even previous seasons or anything to kind of have built chemistry off of. It was just kind of talented people coming together and playing the game well, and... um, that's one of the things that really stood out for me was uh, um, how good the six looked right off the hop. Yeah, it was, I got to, I mean, as, as John knows, but if you weren't, if listeners weren't following our six coverage, I was sort of at the helm of that. Um, I watched all the games. I tweeted most of the games. I wrote post games. I was really in the thick of it. And um, even though it might sound like a platitude, the, the Toronto Six actually were, um, just by my eye test, sort of the fastest team out there. They seem to be playing at a different level, not not skill or talent level. All the women playing in the league are exceptionally skilled and talented, but the team identity seemed to be slightly different than what the NWHL play is is usually they they were a little bit faster and a little bit more aggressive even even just the number of penalties they took the number of penalties they drew the the number of hits all of that was sort of upped I um other reporters who cover the NWHL or have been covering for longer than me were commenting on it the whole time that that this was a different pace of play than what they usually see in the league. And I agree. You know, they they lost their first game. Wasn't great. The second game went to a tie, which was um, exciting, but they did lose. And then they won four in a row. And it really is true. They really didn't seem to have a lot of kinks to work out. And it was really, really fun to watch and exciting to watch. It was also fun and exciting to just be involved in sort of the online atmosphere around the team. It really seemed like they had a lot of attention and energy around them really a ton of viewers on the Twitch streams. Um, And it's unfortunate, you know, that the season was cut short. Obviously we want everyone to be safe and we want them to make the right decisions, but um, the semifinals and finals were going to be on NBC, which was a huge step. And so really hoping that they get to pick that back up again, you know, sooner rather than later, because they had a really great momentum going that I'd love to see play out. Yeah. And I mean, it just really kind of um, hits on that uh, as a Toronto sports fan, it's uh, there's new and interesting uh, ways to be uh, disappointed. And uh, this time it's uh, when uh, you're running a win streak and starting to become a tournament favorite, uh, that's when uh, things get put on hiatus. So that's a new one for Toronto sports. So uh, congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations to the six on that first as well. Uh, but uh, to your point about um, 
the up-tempo pace and and things like that it's i think that was really the um the big kind of like switch turning on for them was uh between like game one was kind of that coming in and playing the uh nwhl style where it's kind of the the captcha systems wait to strike uh kind of uh style and the set by the second game it's that's where they're like you know it's we've got the skill the talent the speed to to kind of drive the pace of this game and create yes. something more wide open and i mean the wide open nature certainly uh burned them uh uh in that uh, second game as well uh, as uh, they um ended up giving up a sizable lead uh in that but it's it's still it kind of established where it's we're going to make teams play our way and if if women's hockey lands on being kind of that almost like 80s NHL style, like 6'5", 8'3", kind of, like that's only going to benefit women's hockey where it's it's such a nice alternative from the NHL uh, over the past few years where it's who's going to wind up on which side of the 3-2 win tonight. Uh, So. No, it's, yeah. it's exciting hockey to watch. It's fun to watch. And and just like you, I also have a young daughter who um, some of the games I had to watch on my laptop because the kids take over the TV, but she was really into it too. And, and I talked about this on Twitter a little bit, but it was a, a little over a year ago um, that I actually sort of joined Hockey Twitter because my daughter, who was two at the time, we were watching a Leafs game and she said, do girls play hockey too? And I was like, huh? So I tweeted it and I got such an amazing response that I was like, Hey, maybe this is a Twitter community I want to be part of and ended up um, really diving right in. But um, I think back to that moment and where I am now in terms of my engagement with the NWHL and women's hockey. And it's really incredible how far they've come and what they're doing. And I just, I really do hope that we see them back on the ice soon and that the Toronto six, you know, like I said, that it's really fun to watch Toronto hockey fans get excited about this team um, and have them stand sort of on their own merits, which they deserve. And I'm really excited to keep covering that. And, uh, and who knows, maybe I can't make promises, but maybe I'll be able to finagle some sort of Toronto six interview for the podcast at some point, someone, maybe, I don't know, digit or one of the players. We'll see what we can do. Yeah. No, that's, that would be, uh, I think a, a huge get for us. It's I'd, I'd love to, uh, love to get that firsthand player experience, uh, on our show. Absolutely. Um, so I okay, guess, uh, guess yeah, we should pivot to some Leafs talk. Yeah, since uh, more or less we are a Leafs site, uh, we will talk a little Leafs here as well. Uh, and let's st- start by getting your thoughts on uh, how the season's gone so far. Oh my God. So, you know, and anyone who follows me on Twitter probably knows that I'm currently crossing my fingers as I talk about this because I'm very superstitious and I very much believe in jinxing things. Um, and so I cross my fingers tight as I say, this season's going so well. I, I'm going to be mostly positive as we talk about the team right now because, I mean, our, the record, I, I love when fans say our because, you know, you want to feel part of the team. But then I also kind of want to separate myself because I'm not part of the team. Whatever. I'm going to go back and forth. Um, the record is really strong. They're playing well. They're pulling off wins that they don't deserve, which 
has actually been a problem for them in the past. Not winning games that they should have won and not having the puck luck or the drive at the end to pull out a win in games where they were slacking. And we're seeing both of those things. Um, the reverse, I guess, of both of those things happening this season. Um, what is it now? It's eight, eight, two and one. Ten, two and one now. Ten, two and one. Oh, my math, math is terrible. <laughs> um, that's better than what I thought. Um, so that's, I mean, that's a, in by all, any definition, that's a really solid start to the season. So um, I think the season's going really well. I am enjoying watching Leafs hockey in a way that I haven't for a number of seasons and that I don't sit down to every game with a huge knot in my stomach. Like I sit down fairly relaxed. And I would say that tonight's game, it's Wednesday when we're recording. I don't know when we're going to get this up, but tonight's game against the Habs is probably the most nervous I've been for a game this season yet, other than maybe opening night, which was also against the Habs. And I think that's it. It's uh, more or less, it's now establishing that uh, the, the North or Canadian division or the Scotia North, whatever you want to call it, is uh, is turning into a bit of a, a two-team division between Toronto and Montreal, which is, uh, I mean, it's seven teams instead of the original six, but it's it's almost uh, kind of like watching, I feel like, my my dad's hockey growing up, where it's like, here's here's where it's the same opponents and there's tight rivalries forming. But at the end of the day, it's uh, Toronto and Montreal that are uh, the two dominant teams. And uh, even more so than opening night, I feel like heading into tonight, it's it's more established because it's here are the top two teams in the division. And they certainly don't want to concede that number one spot to to the other. uh, uh, It's probably the most meaningful version of the uh Habs uh Leafs rivalry in my lifetime that's starting yeah. so it's yeah I was yeah. thinking I tweeted about that earlier just a, a little bit ago also it's this rivalry has has always been fun in our lifetime I think you know it's always been up there but obviously in recent years Boston Toronto sort of took a a front seat and um, the Habs weren't great for a while. Um, Toronto wasn't great for a while. So yeah, this is the first time in, in recent years, even beyond recent years that they're, they're, they're equal teams by all it, like by all accounts, they're pretty neck and neck. And so it's, it's going to be a battle of, of which one comes out on top at the end of uh, likely at the end of a playoff series. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's yeah, it's it's a big shift from uh, making jokes about Carey Price and his low save percentage to now worrying about Carey Price again as uh, as a goaltender who can uh, steal games from the Leafs, and it's nice having that uh, intensity mixed back into it, where it's it's not the one side taking the other for granted, or uh, I mean, there's been nice little moments. Uh, over the past few years, like the the uh, Fraser uh, McLaren uh, Colton Orr uh, fight night in Montreal was uh, is a game that always sticks out. Or uh, there's always Grabowski uh, playing against the Kostitsins uh, that was meaningful. But uh, we've never had where it's the two teams going for uh, top in the division. And uh, I right. think tonight tonight's getting back to it's like. Oh, here's a rival that 
is a historic rival, but really we fear playing Boston. Here it's getting back to it's it's here's kind of the division rival that we need to take serious again. And I think that uh, that's going to be only good for hockey to have this level of intensity back. Yeah. Um, agreed. Also, it makes me a little bit, you just reminded me, a little bit sad that, I mean, I'm sad in general that Wayne Simmons is out for six weeks, but like this would have been such a game to see Simmons in, you know, now that he's sort of set himself up as who he is for the Leafs. And um, I would have loved to see him play tonight. But um, without, with, with that, who, what's your, what's your prediction for the game tonight? Yeah, I mean, this is the biggest unknowns. Uh, So it's like there's my kind of start of the cop-out answer on uh, on trying to land a prediction of how this goes. Uh, I I agree that they are certainly going to miss Simmons, but I'm wondering if uh, we see a, a bigger night from from someone like uh, Spezza as well, where it's uh, uh, trying to get, getting a bit of that, uh, it's like kid from Toronto uh, uh, kind of mentality into the game as well, where it's, he knows what tonight means. It's, it's not only is this someone that a team that he's been having to play intensely against for a long time, but uh, if we're, if we're catching up on the fact that, uh, the rivalry is meaning something a lot more. I'd have to imagine it's meaning a lot more in the, in the locker room as well. And I think that uh, Spezza might be uh, the one who kind of um, makes it a point to be seen out there uh, as much as uh, fourth line, occasional third line uh, scoring winger can make himself a uh, part of a game. Uh, beyond that, it's, uh, I'm also kind of expecting uh, Jake Muzzin uh, to fill in a bit of the uh, the Wayne Simmons uh, type role. Maybe not with uh, with fighting, but uh, I think that uh, he'll maybe make it a point to line up Nick Suzuki at some point and uh, and make it known that uh, that Toronto isn't getting pushed around uh, in Wayne's absence. I hope so. I see. I'm, I'm expecting he just, he just earlier, there was a quote from um, our captain who is, you know, a little disappointed with his production at even strength. And again, going back to that Toronto boy understands the rivalry thing. I'm, I'm wondering if we see a, uh, a bit of a game from him, if he tries to step up his offensive play a little and, uh, and do that sort of quiet leader thing that we, that we know him for. So I think whatever happens, I, I think it's going to be a close game. It's going to be a tight game. It might even be an overtime game again. Um, because like we've said, these are two teams that just do not want to concede to one another um, at all. And so, um, and this is really, other than opening night, this is the first meaningful time they're playing this season. And it's a setup for a lot of games to come. Um, again, both regular season and then likely at some point sometime in the playoffs. So I think that um, this is definitely the most exciting game so far this season to me. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, it's, I mean, for anyone listening to this, the game's already happened, and you know whether we're right to expect something or whether this wound up being the most uh, 
humdrum uh, quiet night since the uh, 3-1 uh, Oilers win over the Leafs earlier in the year. But right. uh, Were we totally on or totally off base? It'll be fun yeah. to back and, and to see, you know, tomorrow whether we were we were right on or not at all. But but the great thing is that there's another game after this one against Montreal. So maybe yeah, we'll no shortage. Yeah, no shortage of games against Montreal. And uh, it's uh, looking at the schedule, the fact that uh, Montreal is a lot more loaded towards the uh, end of the year, I think is uh, beneficial for uh, the NHL, especially where if it's if it's something where if these two teams are within a couple of points of each other and then they're sitting on like five or six games down the stretch, uh, it's and that will decide who who gets first in the division. I think that that's going to be uh, a huge thing for for the NHL, which uh, not not always wanting to wish them well in their uh, business endeavors, but um, it's it's good for us as fans as well. Uh, it's uh, a good product doesn't hurt. <laughs> Definitely. Um, well, I think anything else Leafs specific we wanted to touch on. I know that we we had mentioned the injuries piling up. Wayne Simmons is out. It looks like Travis Dermott is back in the lineup tonight, which is good. Um, always good to get guys back on the ice. Um, Nick Robertson and Joe Thornton are both skating again, so that is um, hopeful for them. I think that they're eligible to come off IR next week. Am I right? Yeah, I think it's um, second game of the back-to-back against Ottawa is the first okay. game that they're eligible. So uh, that could even work well to the Leafs' advantage of having uh, two fresh skaters on the second half of a back-to-back. So um, yeah, as well as they need people to <laughs> actually beat Ottawa this time. So Right, and we're likely, the Leafs are likely going to be having to start Michael Hutchinson for one of those games, so having some fresh legs in front of him will absolutely help. Um, And that's the other injury that we're waiting, we're waiting to hear on Jack Campbell, who has not started skating yet, so um, fingers crossed that happens soon. You know how I feel about Jack Campbell, so. Yeah, if you need to put yourself on mute to cry for a bit about uh, Jack Campbell, (laughs) I fully understand it's... uh... It's, uh, I was sobbing earlier when we were talking about Nick Robertson hurt. So uh, yeah. I, I think that that's going to be uh, uh, a big part of uh, the Leafs season is getting uh, Jack Campbell back and hopefully getting on where it's um, somewhat of a split rotation, uh, as good as Anderson's been during this stretch. Uh, uh, having Campbell to push him uh, will only be a good thing. And having Campbell try and uh, prove that he could be a starter at the NHL level uh, is a storyline that I think both of us were excited about heading into yes. this season. And yeah. and something I think the team needs time for because Freddie's coming up, that's it. You know, the contract is up and they need to know what they have in Jack Campbell. So, you know, two games, two wins. I mean, he's doing well, but that's not enough to to really know what they have in him. And so we've got to get him back on the ice soon too. Hopefully. Yeah. And the other one that uh, just uh, with the Marlies starting up next week, it, uh, it'll be interesting to see if Nick Robertson actually uh, does return to the Leafs first uh, or whether they take advantage of the fact that the 
OHL uh, might not be having a season or potentially not even having a season until April, uh, which would give uh, the Leafs an opportunity to uh, work out Nick Robertson in uh, the AHL for a while instead of uh, sending him uh, either to the Leafs or to the OHL and making a decision right away. So I think yeah. that he'll be an interesting uh, uh, player to watch for where he uh ends up returning whether it's the Leafs or Marlies next week yeah I mean that's a good point they might just at least start him off with the Marlies you know it's it's one thing for a veteran or seasoned player to come right back from injury and another for a brand new rookie to just come right back on the ice after you know one game so it might make sense to just uh lengthen his runway a little with a Marley stint definitely couldn't hurt and get him playing 20 minutes a night uh for a while instead of uh, him going through a year of eight minutes a night or sitting on the taxi squad. So uh, I definitely look for uh, something interesting happening there sooner rather than later. Definitely. So I think that's a good, that's a good little uh, peek at what we're going to be all about. Although today it's just my voice and John's voice and you will not be subjected to just the two of us every time. But um, any other any other hockey thoughts or podcast logistics you wanted to throw out before we wrap up for the day? I think I am good. I uh, would certainly echo your uh, sentiment about it won't always be our two voices. And I know that people will especially be thrilled not to hear uh, so much of my voice. So we're excited to bring in some... Uh, some ringers to our conversation and uh, you'll be hearing again from the channel six podcast soon. Absolutely. Thanks for listening and we will be back.